While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm your fill-in host for the evening, Jessica Machado. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know what's funny, you guys? On Saturday, I was uh, on my regular show, and, and I completely forgot that I was working uh, here in studio today and tomorrow. Had I remembered, I would have mentioned it to all the besties who are listening on Saturday, um, and I just I completely forgot. I have such a busy calendar for May. And for some reason, I didn't think things ramped up until next week. So, hi, surprise, it's me, Justin Shadow, filling in for Marcus and Chris tonight. Hi. Um, so, besties, there's a lot going on right now. I just want to tell you a couple of things. First and foremost, there is a caucus going on for the Massachusetts GOP, a vacated or empty seat that has been not filled for a very, very long time because Jim Lyons did not want that to be filled. That caucus just started. Um, if you go over to my Twitter account, which is the Jess Machado Show or Jess Machado Show, not the Jess Machado Show. I posted a link to the Hingham RTC uh, Facebook page. They're doing a live stream from there. So just before I went on the air, I took a quick peek. Um, it looked like maybe um, Dave DeCoste was giving his um, like speech. Uh, so I'm not going to be able to monitor it. I have some people that are there that are going to send me some text messages and let me know. Um, Jeff Deal uh, sent out a letter in support of uh, a gentleman... Mr. Bronski, I think his name is, who is running uh, for this state committee seat. Now, keep in mind, just and we're not going to dwell on this because I know some of you are not interested. Your state committee seats are important because they pick who your chair is. And your chair sets the tone for the party in the state. And anybody who knows me and has been following, you know, anything I've been talking about for the past six, seven months, the leadership of Mass GOP under Jim Lyons was an absolute train wreck like train wreck we won nothing we lost the governor's um seat we lost almost every race uh, anything that jim slippers lions touched turned to crap and so we don't want him there okay he also left the massachusetts republican party in a substantial debt when he was given and gifted this party when he first got elected chair he had a very healthy bank account with about seven hundred thousand dollars in it um not only did he spend that he failed to raise funds and then spent what he didn't have and put us in the hole about six hundred thousand dollars that is still being worked on that is that that deficit is so unbelievably hard to over overcome don't go and look at how much the dems have on their their party accounts on campaign finance because it'll make you cry if you're a conservative or a republican in the state uh we have nothing um and you know a chairwoman amy carnavali won the chairmanship in january uh based on the votes of the state committee now 
there have been, I believe, four, four caucuses since then, and I believe two of those caucus seat, seats have been filled by supporters of Jim Lyons. This is a critical uh, caucus this evening because, you know, as these state committee members get elected, um, they could potentially change our leadership of our mass GOP. And I'm telling you right now, you guys, I can't go back to a life of Jim Lyons. I will leave the party if that man gets to be chair again. There just there will be no reason. It, it would be suicide to stick around. And so it's important. I think people underestimate Republican town committees and how important they are. I I know people who have. You can't sleep on them. And uh, Jeff Deal putting, um, you know, a letter out in support of uh, this guy, Bronsky. Um, Dave DeCosta is, is, is stepping up to try to fill this seat. Dave DeCosta has never lost a race. He's a state representative. He doesn't know how to lose. Um, he's a conservative. He was a Trumper, uh, and he's uh, electable. You know, maybe he could teach people in the mass GOP how to win elections. So we need him on the state committee. I don't care whether people say who he's supported by or what. It doesn't matter. I'm looking straight at facts. The guy wins his elections. He knows how to win, and he's stepping up to serve. This other guy, this Bronsky guy, go over a Howie Carr's uh, Twitter account, and you can read one of the Kool-Aid Chronicles that dropped today. This guy is a clown, and that is just really par for the course for Jim Jones-Lyons. That's all he does is find these weirdos to fill these seats and then get a bunch of people to go and vote for him who don't really know what's going on. They don't know who these candidates are. They don't it's certainly not, but they're not looking at people's resumes. I can tell you that. And some people are still enamored with Jeff Deal, which I don't understand. There's a rumor that he's going to be running again for Senate, like against what? Stop running, dude. You can't win anything. I'm a, I'm just so annoyed. Honestly, I'm not going to give it any time today because South Coast tonight doesn't deserve it. But there's a caucus going on right now. I will share with you the results um, when I get them. I'm hoping it's uh, a great result for Dave DeCoast. I don't know what else to say. We'll have to wait. I'm not feeling great because I get very nervous about these things like that. So, um, But there's that. So I will interrupt the show at some point when I have an account and I know uh, who the new state committee man is over there. So... There's that. Okay, besties, let's get that out of the way. Okay, before we go on, you know we have to do the Pledge of Allegiance. We don't do any show with me at the microphone without uh, pledging our flag. So if you are at home, please stand. If you're driving, please drive responsibly. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, besties, um, there's a couple things I want to talk about today. I am absolutely obsessed with this case out of Canton, the police officer that was supposedly run over by his girlfriend, um, and now there's some sort of, it's crazy. I'm going to go through this with you. I'm as obsessed with this as my grandmother and all my aunts were with like Santa Barbara and Days of Our Lives back in the 80s. Like you couldn't miss a show. Like they literally recorded them on a VHS tape if they were at work and then played them when they came home. Like it's that salacious. It's that crazy. The plot and what's happening in this story is really almost unbelievable. I'm not kidding. Um, this, this is, this story about this Canton police officer, John O'Keefe, who 
was killed, whether it, let's just say we're starting it off this way, whether it was by his girlfriend accidentally running him over when she dropped him off or what appears to be people inside a house where he was dropped off. The the fact this is a Boston police officer who was killed. Um, the The details of this case are just getting to be so unbelievable. Um, but what it really does is it reminds me that people can empower police officers, people in power, people in towns or cities who have big families or, you know, a group of people that support them and those people are in power. You can literally frame somebody for a murder. Um, and that happens. That is not movie. Um, like a movie script. I mean, of course it is, but isn't, isn't all movie scripting born from real life anyway? I mean, everything really is rooted in real life experience and real life stories. And to me, this, from someone that was already somewhat experiencing things, not as bad, but as a similar nature of people in leadership roles in a community being able to lie and cover things up. Um, This to me just shows and reaffirms to me that it's possible and people will do it. And this story is absolutely crazy. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. I did want to also um, talk a little bit about Hunter Biden. He was finally in court today. And I am also, yeah, I mean, Listen, I love politics, right? And I'm very invested in what's going on in the presidential race. I'm very invested in things that are going on locally and at a state level, of course, right? However, I'm a girl and I I naturally get drawn to like the drama of, of high profile paternity cases and, and all of the things of that nature. This Hunter Biden story about the child that he fathered with London Roberts, who was a stripper or a dancer is really, really fascinating. And I've been following London Roberts on Instagram. I, not a lot of people follow her. Her phrase, her Instagram is public. Um, and so you can see pictures of Hunter Biden's daughter, Navy Jane or no, Navy Joan. And I'm fascinated by this particular case for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's super messy. This is not a senator. This is not somebody here in Massachusetts. This is the president of the United States' son, okay? Hunter Biden. There's no shortage of stories about Hunter Biden. We've got the laptop. We've got the pictures of him smoking crack out of a crack pipe. We've got the text messages between him and his sister. We've got the 10K for the big guy. We've got all of these other dealings with his business, plus just the fact that he had a relationship with his brother's wife after his brother passed away, that there's just, it, it never ends. And I, and I'll, I'll go off on a, a tangent for a second. If this were Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump or Tiffany Trump or Ivanka Trump, we would never hear the end of this stuff. The state run media would be exploiting these stories left and right nonstop. My kids would probably know about it. And yet, these stories, they just sit on a shelf and nobody talks about them. Nobody. 
And Hunter Biden, he's the gift that keeps on giving. He, th- th- this guy's life is such an absolute mess that it's almost unbelievable that nobody can control this, that nobody could reel him in. If they knew that he was in a bathtub smoking crack with hookers, why didn't somebody get in, involved in this and, and handle him? Like, These are some of the most powerful people in the world. Why did they allow this to go on? Um, Why didn't somebody drive Hunter back from the club so he didn't go home and sleep with London Roberts? You know what I mean? Like, where are the handlers? Where are the people that should be kind of cleaning this up? Um, And nobody did it. That's my new favorite saying lately. Clean it up. It's super messy. Clean this up. And I don't mean the floor. I mean, like, your life. Clean it up. Or clean up that relationship thing or fix that or just clean it up. It's getting super messy. Uh, Nobody's really cleaning up this situation with Hunter Biden. So here we are. uh, You know, his father just announced in a very um, lovely uh, pre-taped video that he's going to be running for re-election. And Hunter is finally in court um, in Batesville, Arkansas. Um, Hunter showed up today. It was uh, finally court day. This has been kind of in the works for a long time. He, it's a paternity suit hearing, um, and it's really him basically saying he wants to lessen the dollar amount in child support, which I find really crazy to me because Hunter Biden has a child with London Roberts, and he has never met her. He refuses to acknowledge her. He does not see her. He has never seen her. Um, He denied it was his child prior to birth. A DNA test proved that it was. And so there's the first thing, right? Like he... He found out that this kid was his. Like, like you guys, Drake even, you know, had a situation where this this French stripper or porn star, she was like, I'm pregnant. It's yours. I know it's yours. And he's like, um, just let me find out if it's if it's mine. Let me get a DNA test. DNA tested his kid. Great. He's totally embraced it. He co-parents with the mom. They're in pictures together. He's providing for her. I mean, what a lottery ticket for her, right? Um, You know, there's... Uh, I'm a Drake fan, but like there's one way where you can look at how this would be handled when you have maybe a one night stand with someone um, and you have a kid, right? There are ways that you can do this. Hunter Biden has done it in the wrong way every step of the way. He has denied his child. He forced the DNA test. He gets the DNA DNA test. Um, Now he has never chosen to see the child, doesn't want to see her. Can you imagine? How come nobody like... Isn't Jill Biden like Hunter? You got to see her. You know what I mean? Like it makes us look so bad. And she's super cute. London Roberts is good looking. She's not. Um, she's not ugly by any means. Um, I'm pulling up her Instagram. London. Yeah, if you go to Instagram, her. You can type in her name is London Town, uh, L-U-N-D-E-N-T-O-W-N-N underscore London Town. She's only got about 5,700 followers and that's actually, it's ramped up a little bit because when I started following her, she only had like 1,800, but I've been following this for a long time. Um, one of the biggest trolls that I've ever seen is on August 28th of last year, she put up a post of her daughter who is beautiful. 
Uh, she's got long blonde hair. She's dressed super stylish. And the little girl's got sunglasses on. She's got on this cute little jacket with shorts. And she's got a T-shirt on that says Air Force One, uh, Washington, D.C. And London wrote... Uh, and in all the stories my daughter shall hear, it will not be the princes that slay the dragons, but little girls that believe in magic with big, brave hearts and even, even bigger dreams. Happy birthday to my greatest blessing. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, it is for sure. And listen, I'm, I'm just going to say by all uh, visuals, she looks like a very uh, endearing mom. She spends a lot of time with this kid. She dresses her cute. You can tell she's well taken care of. Um, she's got a very close family. Uh, London's dad is in a couple of these pictures. Uh, listen, if she was a stripper before, great. Uh, she's living a, a great life now. Whatever it is, uh, Hunter Biden and her had a kid together and Hunter doesn't want anything to do with that child. So that's the first thing. So now just pay the, the child support, right? Nope. Hunter is fighting to reduce the payments for this four-year-old child. Uh, he's basically saying uh, he wants to lower his, his dollar amount. His attorney has said, said in court today that he's paying, I think, around $20,000 a month um, and London's attorneys are basically saying he's not he's not doing that. Um, London uh, Roberts attorney said maybe it's time the world knows what Mr. Biden is paying. It was a two hour long proceeding. The judge actually uh, ordered Hunter to answer written questions about his current finances, including his investments, his art sales and other financial transactions. And the judge also chastised Hunter's legal team for overly redacting filings submitted to the court so far. And I'll say that she said, quote, the ability to redact is somewhat being abused here, Judge Meyer told Biden's attorneys uh, before ordering them to refile some of those documents. It wasn't clear what those were. I, I mean, the fact that they're in court because he wants to lower his child support payments to me is ridiculous. He could just pay it and he would not be in court right now. Um, but I think what's also happening, and I'm going to have to look into this, if they're coming back to court, I can tell you that London Roberts was actually going to suggest she wanted her daughter's last name to be Biden. Um, she believes that she has the right to have the name. She is part of a very powerful family, um, this child, and therefore she should have the same last name as her father. And so I believe there is a petition in court or uh, in response to this lowering the child support that basically she's saying, okay, while we're here, um, I'd like my daughter's last name to be Biden, Navy Joe Biden, that nobody in the Biden family has ever met. This is your president, people. This is, this is the leader of the free world, has a son who smokes crack, sleeps with hookers, does dealings with China and has a kid that he doesn't even see. Let's take a break. 508-996-0500. I'm your host for tonight, Jess Machado. Uh, give us a call um, and I'll check our, um, um, what do you call them? App chat messages. You can send messages as well. Um, you should have the WBSM app by now. I'm just, take it from me. It is the easiest way to listen to all of the shows that we have here. And we have a lot of them. Um, and if you can't catch it in real time, or if you're not able to finish this one tonight, you can just go on the app and you can finish it tomorrow. Okay. All right, besties, let's take a break. We'll be right back after this.
South Coast tonight. I am your host for the evening, Jess Machado. Hi. We were just talking about Hunter Biden. Um, I went and took a peek back. Back in, um, I think it was in January, hold on, earlier this year, I think. So London Roberts went to court and she, yeah, in January of this year, and she basically said, listen, I, um, I'd like my daughter to have the last name Biden. Hunter Biden argued uh, that she should not take the Biden last name, claiming it is a lightning rod for criticism and would rob the child of a peaceful, peaceful existence. Um, he basically said, uh, no, right? I, I, no, it's, it's for her best. She doesn't need the name Biden. It's going to be a problem for her. London Roberts, though, she was like, mm, it's it's synonymous with being well-educated, successful, financially acute, and politically powerful. I mean, you got the politically, politically powerful part, right, London? Not sure about the successful and financially acute with that whole Burisma thing. I guess maybe you could look at it that way. Um, he's, you know, this is, how much grosser can this be? Like, if we took this story and we brought it to, like, Fall River Court, right? You would all be like, this is gross. This guy's a scumbag, yo. This guy denied that this was his baby. She had to get a paternity test. Then he gets into court and he's he's the dad. And he's just like, yeah, I don't want to see her. And she's like, okay, you don't want to see your kid. That's fine. You don't want to see your kid. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to see the kid. And she's like, okay, you're lost. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. And he leaves and doesn't ever have anything to do with the kid, right? London Roberts is having like a birthday party and she's like, you know, daddy's not coming. Daddy doesn't want to see you. It's not, no, mommy's here. Daddy doesn't want to see you. Then... Lyndon Roberts sees uh, baby daddy, you know, wearing a brand new pair of Nikes and driving like a BMW with rims. And she's like, I'm not getting enough child support, this guy. I'm bringing him back into court. And so she brings him into court and she's like, make him show his money. You got to fill out a pink form, Hunter, at the Fall River District Court and write down all of your dollars and how much money you make. And they're going to calculate and find out how much money that the IRS is going to take out of your check. You got to go to the DOR, Hunter. And you're going to go to the DOR room and you're going to go in and they're going to take the dollar amount out of your check every week. And London's going to get a card and it's going to say, you know, Arkansas on it. It's going to have a picture of the state and the child support's just going to get loaded right onto it. And then while she's there, she's like, I want Navy, N-A-V-E-E-E. <laughs> I want Navy Jones to have his last name. And he's like... F that. I don't want that kid to have my name. You don't want that. You don't want a piece of this. Uh, what do you mean about my family? We're nothing. Don't worry about it. And she's like, no, it's what's right is right. And you make a lot of money. And I want my kid to be able to get all the same things all you other people get. <laughs> and now they're in court. If this story were in Fall River. <laughs> But it's in Washington. This is a president's son. It is Hunter is such. And listen, you know what? I don't see anything wrong with those things. I, I'm just going to let me clear the air. I was I was able to so accurately depict what happens in Fall River Court because I've already been there. I have a baby daddy I had to do this stuff with almost all of it down to the to the last piece about the last name. I've been there. I've done this. So I, I there's nothing wrong with it. People are people are people. However. 
Hunter Biden is the son of the president of the United States. I think he should be held to a higher level of responsibility, uh, a higher level of doing the right thing. I mean, and even if he didn't want to, the handlers and the people surrounding the president, you know, the president of the United States should intervene and say, this is not a good look for our family. You know, take responsibility for this child. See this child. Let this child meet her family. Pay her so she can stop dragging you into court. Have Jill take her around the White House to the Rose Garden for a presser. KJP, hold her on her shoulder while she's doing a press conference. Like, just, you know, my thing is, is nobody thinking ahead to what this is going to look like in 10 years from now when when little Navy Joan is like a teenager you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to how are you going to get around the fact that Hunter Biden is your dad? And I think, you know, London Roberts is staying where she is, where her family is. She's raising this kid. She's fighting all these court b- battles and everything like this. But that's just all going to get kind of stale after a while. Then what's going to happen? You know what I mean? What if London Roberts wants to court's all done? She starts doing pressers and she's doing like, you know, 2020 and the Today Show. And I mean, they'll never show that stuff. But like, just let's just say. You know, she starts going around and talking and and I it's just a nightmare. Like, clean it up. And what kind of a a dad doesn't want to see his kid? Guess there's a lot of them out there. I just think this whole situation is super messy. It's an election year. Thank God there's people posting about this. I mean, God knows the laptop thing was squashed by Twitter. Um, Elon's there. He's not going to let that happen. So this story is getting a little bit of, of traction. Um, you know, they're in court. Um, Lyndon Roberts' lawyer slammed the president uh, outside court today and said, uh, quote, I think it's embarrassing the president doesn't acknowledge his granddaughter who looks just like his son. She does. Uh, and, I, and you know, I also think about that as well. How many times do you have a kid that the father doesn't see, but there's still a relationship with the grandparents? I can't even believe I'm saying this stuff out loud. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, um, the, the president of the United States doesn't want, don't worry. First of all, who are we kidding? Joe Biden doesn't know he has a granddaughter. He doesn't even know he has a wife or a kid. He knows nothing. The man is senile. He doesn't know anything about what's going on. So, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to say because the man just is, he's lucid. He just does not, he's not here. Is anybody else worried about this man running for re-election? What on earth is that going to look like? What is his cognitive, like, skill set going to look like at the end of this year alone? Like, at the end of 2023? It just gets worse and worse. So much so that the president didn't even announce that he was running for re-election uh, like with a press conference or a, a live stream, nothing. He he basically um, couldn't do that. And so they made like a little like Hollywood movie picture, you know, like a little two minute thing with clips and stuff. And I mean, God knows he probably had to record some of those voiceovers multiple times. Maybe they're old. Hey, AI is like a really fascinating thing. It probably just said all that stuff for him. It like created it. These AI bots are like wild. They can do anything. 
Is that even Biden? Maybe it's not even Biden. Like, does somebody take a look and see where, like, the Biden family and, like, Democrats are investing in AI? It's probably just to cover for the fact that Joe Biden is, like, a vegetable. Um, so, yeah, I think this whole thing is messy. I think it's going to get messier. I think... Uh, Listen, I, I was talking to somebody today and they're like, well, he's going to go into court and he's going to have to tell everybody how much money. Hunter Biden isn't going to go in there and he's not going to tell them that he's getting money from like anything illegal. He's never going to put it on paper. So just forget it. He's just going to put the generic stuff and that's it. You know, he sells painting. He he He's an artist. Hunter Biden is a, um, a, a man in recovery. Um, who paints and creates. <laughs> Keep in mind, Hunter Biden has a son with his new wife and he has a daughter that he doesn't see. It's absolutely wild to me. Um, we're going to take a break. I'm going to take a peek and see what's going on at the um, the uh, caucus. Let's see if they're voting, what's going on. Um, I'm going to get all that information. You can call in. Oh, yeah, things are Oh, People are voting. Really exciting. I see Chairwoman Amy Carnavali here. It looks like they're tallying votes right now. I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a break uh, and then let's take a peek. Uh, 508-996-0500. I am Jess. When we get back, I'm going to talk about and break down this Canton cover-up story about the police officer from Boston that was murdered. Um, his ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend at the time was accused of running him over and killing him. She was charged with murder. Um, and it looks as if that was almost impossible. If you look at his phone and his uh, Fitbit. Uh, it was almost impossible for her to have been the the killer. And uh, so if she didn't kill him, who did? We're going to break that down. We'll be right back after this. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. Um. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Uh, I'm your host, Jess Machado. Hi, besties. Uh, I just took a peek. They're still counting votes in this caucus. I saw Chairwoman Amy Carnavali. She's at a podium, uh, most likely uh, getting ready to uh, get the final number. People are counting papers. I kind of love these things. You know, like I... Oh, my God. Okay. So we just got the results. Dave DeCoste, um won, state committee man. Uh, the results that I think that I'm seeing here are 60 um, for Dave, 20 for uh, the other guy, and five for the other guy after that. I am so excited. I Actually, I just want to go, yes! 
Okay, big win. A lot of worries for nothing, I guess. That was a pretty big, uh, wow. And also 85 people showed up to this caucus. That's amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, guys, give me a second. I don't know. Do y'all want to listen to music again for a second? I need a second. Um, whew, okay. Big win. I'm a little excited. Congratulations to Dave DeCoast. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to see if Dave can give us a call. I know they're still there, but uh, I had uh, said if he's available to call in, we'd love to hear from him. I'm really excited. Okay. Um, anyway, so we were talking about Hunter Biden. Okay. So let's break some things down. Okay. Guys, this Canton cover-up story is wild. And it's honestly something that, you know, I was thinking about this other the other day. We had this case with uh, that guy Walsh, right, who murdered his supposedly murdered his wife on New Year's Eve, um, the situation where, you know, she was going to Washington and she was she disappeared and then they caught him on video going to dumpsters. You know, this thing had pretty much been the it story. And we, you know, everybody was following it and then he got charged and then it kind of went away. Recently, I think he was in court again, which is great. But it was kind of like, wow, this is a really fascinating story. And it, it happened here in Massachusetts. And then right after that story, we had the story of the mom who um, murdered her three children. And, and that was an interesting story because first and foremost, a lot of people were fascinated by the story, but you wouldn't know it. People did not feel comfortable talking about it. I guess there's a lot of stigma around women who kill their children. Um, there were a lot of things about that story that I think people were interested in, found disturbing wanted to read about, but never wanted to talk about. And I can tell you that because I've talked about it here. We didn't get a lot of, um, you know, feedback or calls. I talked about it on Grace's show or Howie Carr's show. I can't remember which one. And we didn't get a lot of interaction. However, you know, I'm a part of a couple of groups and a lot of people were were interested in the story. A lot of women who wanted to give their opinions on postpartum depression, medication, um, you know, a lot. And it was split. A lot of people felt bad for her and understood um, and her husband, you know, um, forgave her. And then there were the other side, which I was a part of, which was there's absolutely no excuse for ki- killing innocent children, especially your own. Um, you know, and I, I continue to go back and think about those children and what they were thinking as their mother killed them or hurt them. Um, and so those two stories were really Massachusetts was just, it seemed like it was one after another after another. This Canton story occurred in the, in the winter. And it seemed at the time it was pretty crazy. Um, John O'Keefe is a Boston police officer and his girlfriend supposedly hit him while dropping him off and she was backing her car out. So the story goes is this guy and his girlfriend and a bunch of other people went out. They were drinking um, and they went to an after party at a house. Which is just kind of, I mean, somebody was saying that's kind of weird because it's an after party and you're adults. I can tell you, I've done that. We've gone out to dinner and then we go to someone's house or whatever. So they went to this house and and apparently the, the main gist of this story is, you know, John O'Keefe was perhaps a little intoxicated. He didn't drive. His girlfriend drove. 
and they went to a house. She let him out of the vehicle. She did not want to go. She said she was tired. She wasn't feeling great. And he was on his own to get a ride home. She lived about, they lived together about three miles away from uh, where this house was, where she dropped off John O'Keefe. And then she left. Um, It was snowing. Uh, She supposedly did a three-point turn and she went home. At a certain point in the night, she started calling his phone. I think it was, you know, the first time, maybe around 4 a.m. Don't quote me on this. But at some point in the night, she was like, dude, he's not home. Um, And was calling him and calling him and calling him. And in the morning, she started connecting with the people who were at the party or the people that could have known um, and uh, were, were looking for him. And they ended up finding him um, at the end of the driveway of the house where she had dropped him off. And the police have investigated this story, uh, this situation, and they basically determined that she hit him. The girlfriend hit him. She backed into him while doing a three-point turn, and he died in the snow. And nobody outside heard anything, saw anything um, until the following morning when they found him at the end of the driveway. It is one of the craziest assertions ever. I remember hearing this story on the news. Now, the the girlfriend is like a very like decent human being. She's, I don't have her job in front of me, but she's, I think she's a therapist. I mean, she has no criminal record. She has no criminal background. Um, and I felt bad for her that she did this. I said, this is just terrible. And you know, is a Boston cop. So people were like, she killed a Boston cop. And everybody was just like, it's terrible. I'm just telling you, I remember reading the story. And yes, I felt bad that this guy accidentally got hit by this car. But I more felt bad for her that it was an accident and she, she killed the person that she loved. And that to me was just, it, I don't know, it stood, stood out to me. And she couldn't go to the funeral. Um, she was charged with uh, murder. I I don't know if it was manslaughter or what the exact charges were. And she eventually hired an attorney. And I think that this is a real critical piece of this story. Uh, she had the money to hire an attorney. And I can't, I can't speak about anything at all, but specific about a case. But I can tell you that I've been in a circumstance where I was charged with a crime and I had a public defender. And I'm just going to say this. I had to call that guy every single solitary day. All the time. And he's a smart guy. But public defenders are overloaded with cases and they have a lot of clients. And I think, in my opinion, having a paid attorney would have made the difference for me and 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 my case was dropped by the district attorney's office. There was no crime. And, um, but it just took a very long time to get to that point. And in the meantime, there's scrutiny. There's people that think that you did something wrong. I mean, my mother is just like, you know, the lady at work saw your name in the paper. You know, it's what, what I think was just really a key piece to this is that she didn't have a public defender. She had the money to hire an attorney and this attorney, uh, wasn't screwing around. Uh, he basically was like, we're going to start digging and digging and digging. The things that this case has uncovered is pretty crazy. Essentially, uh, 
John O'Keefe's Fitbit or his watch, his Apple watch, showed that he actually did enter the house. He he was in the house. So she dropped him off and he was alive. And his his watch shows him um alive. Long after, not long after, but minutes and minutes and minutes after, she dropped him off and left. A couple of things that were uncovered, I'm going to break these down, then we're going to take a break. Um, cell phone data proves that John O'Keefe was inside the house by 12.20 a.m. Um, someone in the house murdered John O'Keefe. Uh, there, there are players in here um, that were never questioned by police. There were phone records that show that people were making phone calls to John O'Keefe after he was dead to try to make it look as if he were still alive. Autopsy photos show that John O'Keefe had what looked like bite marks from dogs or dog on his arm. He had two bruised and bloodied black eyes. Um, he had multiple skull fractures. I mean, just think about doing a three-point turn in the middle of a road. How hard or fast would you have to have been going in order to do that kind of damage to somebody? But someone in that house actually Googled how long to die in snow, despite the fact that she believed that he had gone home. She would have never had a reason to to even Google that. And there's really just a lot more going on with this case. I'm going to break that down in the second hour. So let's take our last break of the hour and we'll be back. 508-996-0500. I don't know if anybody else is following the story. If you are, let me know what you think. But let's take our break and we're going to uh, talk about this in hour two. I am Jess. I'm filling in for Marcus and for Chris tonight. You're listening to South Coast Tonight on WBSM. All right, besties. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Um I just wanted to congratulate Dave DeCoste. He uh, has just been elected to the Massachusetts State Committee. That's a great, great thing. Great turnout, by the way. I love seeing that people actually came out to these things. Um, you know, I get a little excited about um, kind of like tradition. I like voting like this. I like sp- seeing people come out. I like seeing people work for a vote. I like seeing people... You know, um, I, full transparency, I called in and made calls on behalf of Dave DeCoast. I, I called people in and said, listen, this is why I think that you should vote for this guy. I like that. I like the ground game. I like people working um, hard. I mean, even I like Jeff Deal writing a letter um, in support of uh, Bronsky or whatever his name is. I think that's great that it'll live on forever that he supported this guy. Uh, I don't... I know I've gotten some feedback in the past about how state politics, uh, you know, are not necessarily something people want to listen to. But those are the people, the first ones that will complain, you know, when Maura Healy got elected and they just don't connect the dots, right? That what happens on the state committee is really what sets the tone for that. And in my mind, what's happening right now is is setting the tone and creating the path for what's going to happen over the next four years. We're definitely going to get two terms out of Maura Healy. There's just no stopping her. It's just going to be what what's going to happen between now and then to strengthen our party and come together. I'm going to um, talk a little bit about 
I want to I want to talk about this case about the Canton thing. I just I, I'm going to be honest with you. As I was talking about it, I recognize how difficult it is to explain it. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it justice on the radio. So I may move on to another topic. I don't know. I'm going to think about it over the break. Is that okay? Okay. Do you want to talk about the Bruins and what an absolute disaster that was? Um, Rona McDaniel, our um, national committee woman, um, she was talking uh, in a clip, and I'll play that um, when we come back, about how, you know, Republicans are just, you know, not going to win anymore until we come together. And when she was saying that, I was like, yeah, she's right. But I'm also wondering, how are we going to do that? How how is that going to work? How how are both sides of the Republican Party going to come together? Um, it's almost like it it happened under the first Trump administration. Um, even though I think you know some of the more moderate Republicans were reluctant, but I think it still worked and came together. And you know, McDaniel was saying not only do we have to get Republicans, but we've got to get like the independents, right? And I think that's just really really hard to do and and so far nothing for nothing nobody has has really come out and given any type of like blueprint on how the democrat the republicans in this state or in the country are going to be able to come together in my mind the only way that that can happen is like think about after 911 Right. After 9-11, the sale of American flags went through the roof. Everybody was an American at that time because together we were fighting terrorists. We were fighting the people that killed thousands of Americans. And in my mind, I think, you know, only something like that could bring everybody together. It's almost like nothing is happening where we don't have to fight anybody else. And so we just turn on each other. Do you know what I mean? Um but if people could identify the fact that Joe Biden is that thing, Joe Biden is ruining our country. He is is hurting, you know, millions and millions of Americans with every single day he is in office. Why can't we come together and and fight him? I'm just not sure why we can't recognize how bad it is and stop fighting each other and come together and fight Joe Biden because it's bad. It's it's terrible.